My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. It's Basha here. Today we have a super exciting guest, Julia Hurley. She's a top 1.5% procuring realtor who helps other real estate agents with efficiency in business. She's also the host of Connect the Knox podcast. Welcome to the show, Julia. Thank you so much for coming Thank on. Thank you. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. This is awesome. Thank you. It's a, pl- it's a pleasure to have you. I'm super excited to interview you. We've got, we're going to have some great conversation. We'll cover what's working, your challenges, your podcasts, and your goals. And I'm sure within that conversation alone, we'll have some, we'll have some really good takeaways. Before we get started, um, do you want to just go ahead and talk a little bit about your journey and where you are today? Oh my gosh, my journey is a long journey, but I'll keep it short because it's Googleable. So journey <laughs> 15, my daughter is now 25 years old. You know, that 1% chance that, that I had to make it out and be successful, I took it and I just ran with it. So graduated high school, graduated college, started a business. It failed miserably, which was a beautiful explosion of failure. So fail forward. I love that my first one was a failure because I learned what not to do at a very young age. Then I started a second business that's been very successful. I was a statewide elected official twice. Um, That was exciting. And then a local elected official for the end of my tenure, which was a decade in service. And I've spent nearly a decade in real estate and five years of real estate coaching and efficiency programs. And then I bought a chiropractic office and some rental houses and I wrote a book and it's just super exciting. So here we are. (laughs) That's awesome. Let's talk about um, what... What led up to you starting your business? Oh, great question. Let's start with the, I guess the efficiency one. Oh, the coaching program. Okay. So the coaching program is, I have a little, this is just like the basic print off that you get when you buy the course and it has literally everything from start to finish. What started this entire process was my real estate career. And I noticed that even the top producing real estate agents were having to hire teams of 25 to 35 people to do the exact same business uh, net income in business that I was making as an individual agent. So uh, we won't get into those numbers unless you just really want to know it, but you can make a million dollars a year as a real estate agent and be a solo agent. And I was netting the same amount of money. These high profile real estate agents were on stage with major speakers and they had teams of 30 people and they were 300 transactions a year and they were netting the same money I netted every year alone. And I thought to myself, why would you put yourself through that? So I tried to build a real estate scene thinking I'm missing out on something. Let's try this out. And I realized it was more me coaching other people paying for leads, vetting leads, converting leads, handing them off, giving 50% of my commission to grow a team. So I had a large team to sell more transactions, to take less money, to then turn around and basically be an HR hiring manager instead of a real estate agent who would take that money and invest it and and do more things faster. So I was like, okay, well, I don't like that. So let's figure a way around all these issues. So some of the issues that we cover, it's called race to 100 because I'm a runner and I love to run marathons and that's my thing. Um, How to sell 100 homes a year as a solo agent. And it is very interesting information, but it took me years of messing up and failing to learn how to share it and hear the end 
is a tracking unit for you to literally print off 100 houses for your year. And basically we cover some of the large aspects of what takes your time out is vendors. I mean, a very large portion of your wasted effort is on vendors. So this has an entire vendor program, a vendor scripting program, a follow-up program on what to expect, how to expect it, and how to manage those conversations. If you have good vendors, you no longer need a transactions coordinator for every 10 deals. You no longer need a showing assistant for every three agents. You can literally save hundreds of thousands of dollars a year if you just manage your vendors to do their job properly. And when mm -hmm. I figured that system out, the rest came naturally. It's like, okay, well, how many appointments do you need? How do you get those appointments? What's an easier way to do it than pay for leads? So you save on advertising, you're saving on marketing. And I created an entire system on just experience alone and it works. <laughs> so that's about it. <laughs> Congrats. Congrats. So I know that you mentioned that you, you know, you were a politician for 10 years. So what led up to that switch from politician to businesswoman? Yeah. So that was a really good, that's a good question. Again, the first business that I had failed absolutely terribly. It was a, it was a distribution company. It was a sports licensing business with distribution and it just was not a good match for my timing and, and everything that needed to happen. And so during that transition year, I kind of moved away from traveling with sports and traveling with NASCAR and, I, you know, traveling all these big cities to come back home and regroup and be like, what do I want to do here? And in 2000 and during the 2008 presidential election and the 08 crash is when all of that had taken place. So I was back home, just giving some thought to it, go to vote. And the conversation wasn't a pleasant conversation. There was a, a man in front of me that was just rude and, and I didn't appreciate the way he was talking to me or other women. And I kind of, as abrasive as I am and very confrontational, I was like, dude, calm down. Like, what, what is this about? Um, and of course, we were on different sides of the aisle, which I respectfully love a different opinion because you find new things out about people and yourself. He did not want a different opinion, uh, but he sure wanted to give his. Come to find out he was the actual elected state representative for that district and had been uh, unopposed for 18 consecutive years. And I had just a wall of booty hair up my ass and said, you know what? <laughs> Put my name on that ballot. I don't like the way you talk to me. I don't like the way you talk to other people. And I beat him. And that's what happened. Congrats, first of all. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing that conversation so I beat him took that seat uh politics is business politics are business so the more you learn how to keep relationships going and network with people you learn that networking brings you business opportunities and during that time I met several really good people that wanted to invest in something and I was like well what do you want? Real estate's a really good thing to do right now. Obviously the market crashed. So you can get land and homes for very inexpensive prices. And several of my people like introduced me to a realtor. So I introduced them to somebody that I knew that I had sent many other politicians to. And eventually she was like, I don't know why you just don't get your license. I was like, oh, I'm just not interested in that. That's just not something that that's for me. She goes, I tell you what, do it for a year. If you hate it, you hate it, but it's, it's not, it's not that hard. Go ahead and do it. So I did it. And here I am. <laughs> I love it. It's amazing. <laughs> That's awesome. Oftentimes the path that you are fighting going down the most ends up being the path that you should have gone down in the first place. 1000% agree. 1000%. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. 
So that said, with all, I guess with I guess with all of your businesses combined, but with more focus on the um, the program that you have using for using to help real estate agents. What is your focus for 2023? Great question. So for 2023, you've got a lot coming on. Uh, I always like to do my vision boards and just will it to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. <laughs> uh, for 2023, to get back into in-person coaching was really difficult to, to keep a class. So I will teach this to an entire brokerage at a time. I think the largest class I had was in New York. We had 300 agents in the room. Um, and the smallest I've ever coached is one agent that purchased this from me and wanted just a one-on-one. But the coaching uh, itself, if it's in person, we can take up, you know, about six hours because we'll have a large room of people that want to ask questions and we want to interact. And the whole basis of this is to walk them through one transaction the way they do it. And then we're going to walk you through one transaction the way I do it. And we're going to save you time, energy, effort, focus, money. We're going to set your business up right from the start so you can win at all costs. So you get that 100 homes, you hit that, that financial mark. So our deal, our goal here is to get back into in-person, which obviously requires a little bit of travel. The package itself, just of the coaching itself can still be done online only if that's something that you're interested in. And that's only $3,000, but it is $3,000 plus travel and expenses to get wherever you're wanting to go. But the goal Mm -hmm. is to have one a month of that and build that back up to where I was. So I was traveling six days a week, three weeks a month at one point coaching the same system. So just starting out with once a month, because now we have several other things that we do instead of just selling real estate. So I still sell my 100 homes a year. I'd like to get back into once a month traveling on this program, not just the online training, so traveling on this program. Uh, we're going to get up to 600 clients in our chiropractic office, add two more rentals to the portfolio, uh, take a HELOC loan, see if we can't build our commercial business out, our commercial real estate Um building out and start putting some people in there to rent and publish my book in April called Unauthorized Success, a politically incorrect guide to female entrepreneurship. So that publishes in April, go on a book tour, you know, things, stuff and things, big goals. (laughs) Lots of things, lots of stuff. I love the name of the book, Unauthorized Success. Awesome. So what is your goal for revenue for 2023 then with all of those yeah. things combined? Great question. So our revenue goal still needs to remain the same or I'm going to get bumped up into a tax bracket that I don't want to be in. So we've got to be very careful about our expenses sheets and our corporations and how those are managed. And we're starting to move into a category of needing trusts and needing uh, universal life insurance policies more than just one at a time to kind of garnish that into an investment opportunity for yourself. And if you don't know how to do that, take my class, we'll talk about it. (laughs) Different kinds of things to be able to maneuver around being bumped into a different tax bracket. So we'll kind of be in the same revenue, technical revenue that we would see every single year. That consistency allows for some sort of safety net, I guess you could say. We'll start mm-hmm. to see more angel investing come out of my corporation. So that way we're moving money around to different companies that we own parts of so we can take those right off. So revenue wise, it'll be the same, around a million dollars. We just like to keep it just kind of right there. <laughs> Unless I want to hire hundred employees, I'm good where I'm at, you know? Absolutely. I completely get it. Well, I don't completely get it because a million in revenue is amazing. You talk about it like it's nothing. Congratulations. First of Thank all, second you. of all. Well, I tell a story, uh, a, good goal. Uh, a story about that, about real estate in general and business in general. So that's, this is a story about business in general, but it's real estate. So 
um, had a deal once that for me would have been the largest paycheck I'd ever seen at that time. And so I was chasing this buyer down, like, help me help. Why won't you like, I was so, why won't you call me back? And this buyer was just so elusive and so hard to get a hold of and so hard to get contracts with and months would go by and then I would hear from them and then I wouldn't. And come to find out, I mean, to them, the purchase that they were making was so irrelevant in the grand scheme of their circle. Their bubble was so big that this one thing that was to me an amazing amount of money at the time to them was just another day. And mm -hmm. they weren't rude about it. And I wasn't rude about it. And I was just like, you'll get, I'm, I'm not letting you go. And this person said, I appreciate the, the, the follow-up, the constant follow-up. I needed that. I wanted that. I just didn't have time for it. That's all I had time for at the time. So it was a win-win, but realizing that wherever I am in my life, there are people above me and below me, faster, stronger, whatever it is. And this is where I'm at. And while it seems amazing to some people, to other people, it's nothing at all. And I am who I am in this moment. And all I can do is help other people get to their moment. And that's, that's business. You've got to give it back. It's pretty great. Yeah. I love Thank it. Thank you. I love it. I completely yeah. agree. It's a, it's a good, it's a good mission. It's a good mission. Yeah. Um, so then I guess with all of your success, with all of your success, what is your biggest challenge today? Ooh, that's a great question. I would say my biggest challenge today is finding vendors that are mm -hmm. capable of handling the things and the wants and the needs. So Knoxville, Tennessee is a smaller town or a big, small town. Love it here. Um, but we don't have what all the other towns have. I mean, let's just say, for example, in Miami, I can throw a rock in Miami and find probably a thousand CPAs that handle million dollar plus clients and they're creative and they understand the ins and outs of trusts and they understand the ins and outs of corporations and I URLs and all the stuff. That's not so much the, the norm here. It's not the norm. So the smaller the town, the harder it is to find the vendors you need to find an inspection company that can handle 100 inspections a year for one agent, let alone the other 2000 agents in the market. So mm -hmm. do you have enough employees trained to handle my business? Do you have enough employees trained to handle my business the way I also need it handled? So I hear all the time as title companies, oh yeah, I can handle that, not a problem. Well, great. Well, here's my checklist. Here's my efficiency list. Here's my follow-up expectation. This is when it'll be done. This is how it'll be done. One time of a failure, you get a second try and then you're out. Now that you've had an entire follow-up system handed to you, can you handle that? Well, no other agent asks us to do it that way. I'm aware of that. Can you handle it? So mm -hmm. finding vendor, the challenge. The more you grow and the more needs you have, the more success you have, the harder it is to find people that can help you with that. What kind of vendors would you say that you need the most? Or is like, it's like the most frequent. Yeah. So for me uh, personally, it's, it's people that understand urgency on finances. So for example, I want to pull, you know, $30,000 out to give to my friend that just built a drone company and he needs to build a drone. He's like, can you give me 30 grand? I'm going to build a drone so I can pitch it to the government. I'll give you 30 grand. I need somebody on call that can take that money for me, move it around, understand, charge me for it and move on with my day. I don't want to have to call you on a Monday if I need it on a Saturday, things like that. And it's the same mm -hmm. for real estate agents, for lenders, for vendors, for closing companies, for inspection companies, uh, for anything. 
if you're not available past five o'clock and you're closed on weekends, you're not an available vendor. It's a challenge. So that you need to make yourself available. If you want to be wealthy, make yourself available to opportunity. Opportunity doesn't stop at 5 p.m. Correct. Actually, yeah, that's a huge so, thing. That's a yeah, huge thing. Vendor. Any vendor. Yeah, pick a vendor. <laughs> it's like birthday, <laughs> birthday delivery company, event setup company, uh, bartending company for, for party and events, lighting companies, venue companies, plumbers, electricians. Builders. At least have a personal phone number you can text at like 7 p.m. on a Friday night. Hey, listen, I right. need this. Completely get it. <laughs> yeah. Um, when, you, when you use this system, it's, it's, I'm very careful is a good word for it. I'm very, very careful to allow people the time to digest that conversation because not everyone has the word no just ready. Not everyone has that boundary that they've ever been set or told they were allowed to set for their personal standard. And they usually feel very bad for having one. So I've, I've met so many real estate agents who are literally allowing everybody to walk all over them all the time. And they can't understand where they're not succeeding. And I'm saying, okay, well, you haven't set a boundary. You've never once said to your inspection company, if you tell me you're going to be here at eight and you don't show up till 10 and I'm waiting for you and the buyers are waiting for you and you don't tell me that you can't make it, you like you have no respect for me. You have no respect for yourself. If you tell me you're going to be there at eight and eight 15, I haven't received a phone call from a family member or from an office. Something has not happened to you and you're literally just late to be late and you have not given me a reason. You're out as a vendor. You get what? That's it. You're done. We're done. End of story. It's not that hard to be punctual. It seems to be. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I've, I've always been the kind of person where I'm like 10 minutes early waiting in the parking lot. And then I go yeah. in right at, t- at the time that was said. I just, I, I've never been able to understand people who are late for everything. But I, yeah. I understand the struggle. Yeah. So um, finding inside yourself to be able to say this, you've stepped over a boundary, you made me look bad. This is business. This is not personal. I cannot tolerate this. I have to find someone else to replace you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for the effort. And walk on and find somebody else to do it. And yes, that causes more stress for you in the beginning because now you're interviewing people. Now you're actually filling that bench with people who you need to interview. And you don't interview five people to find the perfect one. You interview 100. So, But it it's important time. to know who that perfect, not, not necessarily perfect because obviously nobody's perfect, but who your ideal employee is, who your ideal vendor is, because then I mean, you have to set the standard. You're the boss. Yeah, so there's, there's even a script in here. I'm not going to share it. That's not for but there's a script in here that when my vendors call my clients. They use only when they talk to my clients. But then you're known as somebody who has higher standards and that's why you make the kind of money that you do. Exactly. Because you're, you're known for that. Right. My clients can trust it. And exactly. so this program allows you to have that freedom. Once you get it down, once you understand it, once you move it, once you work it, you have freedom. And it's great. <laughs> love it. I love the way that you're doing business. Thank you. Awesome. Um, so it's, well, it seems like you've got everything pretty much figured out. Where do you think you might get stuck or slowed down within the next 12 months on your path? Well, finding, finding 
finding a new CPA is going to be mm-hmm. an issue because you got to find somebody that grows with you. My very first CPA was great for the financial area that I was at. My second one was great for that growth period. My third one was good for this growth period. If you want to grow, you have to find people that have that, that extra thing. And somebody to mess around with your money is somebody that's a big hire. I mean, that can make or break you. So your investment team, your CPA, your bookkeeper, all of those people have got to have your back. And they have to, you have to trust them with your entire life. And if you screw up on your taxes, the IRS can take it all. Take everything you've ever built. That is not something that you want to mess around with. So finding the the right people to grow with you when you're ready to take that step. So that's going to be my next step this year. Big step for me, for us personally, is our somebody Mm -hmm. to manage our finances. Yeah. Yeah, that is, that, 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 that is pretty important. How do you plan on overcoming that challenge? just going to interview as many people as possible. They don't have to be here. I don't have to see you. I can mail you my stuff every month in the mail. I've interviewed a couple of people in Atlanta that have been highly recommended to me, but it's very few and far between that other people operate the way that I do. So I've got to find a company mm-hmm. that does all the things that I need. So we've done Nashville, Atlanta. I interviewed a couple of people in New York and Chicago. It's I'm either not enough or too much. So we're going to find that right person somewhere. Those people in New York are like, oh, a million dollars. I don't have time for that. You know, and that's totally okay. And they're honest with you about it, which I love. And then the people in Atlanta are like, well, we have some like that, but not many. I'm like, not enough, not enough. I need somebody that's yeah. going to get me to the next level. Got to find that growth pattern. So it'll be a hundred interviews. It'll be what it is. It is what it, it is. is what it is. It is what it is. But you know what? Having those high standards will get you exactly what you want. Exactly. Exactly. Never settle. In anything, in anything, business, life, personal, anything. High standards are the way to go. Always. So I guess a slightly similar question, and I know that it's a little bit different, and I know that you mentioned that you do want to remain in the same tax bracket, but just humor me. If you were to double or triple your revenue, what are some challenges you might face or changes you need to make both within yourself and within the business? So good question. That's a good question to ask for anybody that's looking to grow in the future. And those things always come with a plan. You know, you need to know a growth plan. So if you double or triple your your self-worth, and I don't mean that as, as uh, I mean that financially. So if you're going to develop your self-worth, you're going to double it. You need to have an entire team in place. If you're getting to the point where you're managing that much of an income, you need to have your finger on the pulse of every penny that's coming through the door whether you have time for that or you better make it. You better get your P&Ls monthly from your people, look at your quarterly statements, know where your tax dollars are coming from, have a plan for a backup maneuver. So do you need to recreate yourself? Do you need to recreate your business? And I'm sure that there are things I don't know that I need to know because you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. But I can guarantee you a tax attorney instead of just a tax accountant will probably be on that move if that happens. If we end up doubling, we'll have to have a tax attorney more than likely on staff. And at some point, a personal assistant, you'll need that if you get to that point of being that busy, because what that comes opportunity, opportunities, phone calls, emails, me, 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 come be at my event, sit on my board. Can you come speak at this? Can you do this? I don't know. I'm getting, I have too much going on. So a personal assistant would, will be, will be there, but a tax attorney, personal assistant, probably, um, I don't know. I would say for a lot of people that are in a 10 million plus bracket, probably a personal driver would be very helpful to them. Uh, jet sharing, things like that, where it just saves you time and effort. Any any mm-hmm. minute that you can be on the phone doing your job and succeeding or growing other people and succeeding is time well spent doing that because time is money. 
money gives you freedom, freedom to do the things with and for other people that you genuinely want to do, which is the whole reason mm -hmm. to make money. So if you're spending time driving yourself around and you're worth 10 million bucks, you're wasting money. And that money could be used to free up someone else from their financial problems, their burdens, the things that you do best. So that's a mutual, you're saying it's a mutually beneficial decision to hire a driver. <laughs> I would say at some level, it would be great. You know, I'd say at some level, so, that's, that's gotta be something that's relevant to people. I know a couple of people, very limited amount of people in my lifetime that have a driver, but they spend their time in their car, you know, sending emails on their phone or taking minutes to talk to their family. Whatever that freedom moment is for them, that that ride to the airport gets them something accomplished. So absolutely. Yeah. So let's gear this more towards the um, I guess the coaching side of things. What did you struggle with the most last year? And how do you plan on overcoming it for this year? So 2022 for me was <laughs> the weirdest year. It was it was like still COVID-y, but not. Some mm -hmm. people were still freaked out, but they weren't. And it was an in-between year. And I think that, I think that as a whole, Americans are still unburdening themselves mentally from what they experienced during COVID. And I think that is going to take, that's going to take some time. That's going to take more than just, oh, it's over now. Everything's fine. And that's just not how people are. People that had small children during that time or already rocky marriages or people who are recovering addicts or alcoholics. I mean, we're not talking a few hundred people here. We're talking millions of people a day. This kind of stuff affects are now having to go back to what we say is socialized normalcy. But for a year and a half, two years, they weren't socialized at all. Kids weren't socialized at all. People had to leave their jobs, their self-worth had to be questioned. A lot of people identify with themselves instead of saying, I am this, I am me. They say, I am my job or I am my spouse or I am my kids or whatever it is. And they were completely cut off from their own identities for two years in some places. So 2022 was a challenge of talking with people who didn't have that situation like Tennessee, Florida, Texas, we stayed open as states. And then dealing with the relocation, and, and it is trauma, the trauma of that being taken from you, your self-worth, your finances, your businesses being closed, um, and having to move to an entirely different place with entirely differently new people and recoup your energy and your self-worth. I mean, that is a rebuild. It's our experience of that. And I live that, right? It's not, we're very professional with our clients. It's not like we don't have personal relationships with them. We try to keep the personal for after the transaction. So I know that I'm doing my best job for you to represent you legally on my end. Once that's over, I always reach back out and I'm like, Hey, let's have dinner. Let's, let's talk about some things. Let's talk about how you're doing. So watching people grow into socialized normalcy again, will be a, a relief for 2022. That was ex absolutely exhausting and hearing it from real estate agents and, and hearing their sadness and inability to help their clients fully recover or find what they wanted. They were constantly being rejected. Even though rejection is part of sales, we found ourselves in a situation where we were writing 20, 30, 40 offers a day and getting rejected on all of them outbid. It's the constant fear that you can't feed your family or not that pay. It's been a year. 
And for us, we've been very lucky. We had a great business already, our sphere of influence. We are great negotiators and we were in a great area for that. Not everybody was so lucky. So mm -hmm. 2022 was very challenging to experience and, um, and share and absorb that pain and that energy from other people so they could also be successful. I see. I understand. Do you believe that you're going to run into any of the same or similar challenges this year? No, I think we'll run more into the challenges of recession. I fully, and I, I mean, business is cyclical. If people paid attention to it as much as they, you know, pay attention to whatever's on television, they would see that business is, you can literally pinpoint when it's going to happen. And the speaker's election that, that just occurred in Washington, D.C. tells us exactly what's coming. We should absolutely be paying attention to what's going on. Politics brings an era with it of either abundance or lack of. Mm -hmm. Right now, we're in high interest rates, lack of housing. People are being laid off in droves. If you look at Silicon Valley, what's going on? People are being laid off. When tech industries start laying people off, it's it's no longer being them. Technology is the future. So if the future no longer needs employees, we're kind of looking at a bad situation. We also have, you know, the uh, the great the great resignation that happened during COVID, but it really wasn't a resignation. It was a realization of self-respect and self-worth, which we haven't caught up mm -hmm. to as American uh, business owners. We can't pay you what you're worth. We can't pay you that. It's not possible. We were also injured during COVID. So we're going to mm -hmm. find in 2020 to be a different struggle of more of a mental health struggle during a recession recession because we're going into a recession. It's just what's happening. So we're going to find that a lot of opportunities are going to be available for investors. So get your cash out, but we're going to see a lot of, um, a lot of rental property needs in 2023. I don't think we'll see the struggle from COVID as much on the uh, mental side, but we will see the mental instability from, from having to choose to sell your home or bankrupt on it or short sell it. So my recommendation is always sell it as fast as you can. If you need to, if you miss two house payments, call a real estate agent, call them immediately, see if you've got an assumable loan and go ahead and do what you need to do uh, for you and your family to survive and ride this out. So 2023 will be an interesting year. How do you plan on overcoming it? Same as every year. I'm going to pick up that phone. <laughs> I'm going to knock on every door. I'm going to call every single person I've ever sold a house with, sold a house to, bought a house with, bought a house to every agent in the country I've taught this to. What do you got? Do you need a referral? What do you need? What can I help you with? Always mm -hmm. be of help. Always find a solution to a problem. So if somebody's got a problem, help them find a solution to it and you'll win every time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it sounds like you've created a wonderful network to do that. Thank you. I try. I try. I try. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you're trying, that's what matters. Yes. Let's uh, let's switch gears and let's talk about your podcast. Um, okay. So how does it, let's start off with how does connect the knocks, get it like connect the dots, <laughs> tie in to um, your business? Well, I'm the sponsor, you know, I got my logo shirt on. I always wear my logo shirt in my interviews, but my company, Just Homes Group and the chiropractic business sponsor the podcast. So okay. again, companies feeding into each other, moving, moving things around, but we we sponsor it. And it came about from my, my relocation tours. So I have a lot of 
pro athletes that live here that I've interviewed several on the podcast. So 2023's lineup is a really good lineup. Um, but a lot of pro athletes that have retired and moved here, active athletes that move here, that I've moved here and they've never been here. And so I take them on the tour, the Knoxville tour, and I put them in the car and it's like a two hour tour where we don't get lost on an island, but we get all the information. Like here's the roads, here's in charge of this. This person does this. This is the biggest philanthropist here. This is who you want to get connected with. If this is the side of town that you live in and here's why this is what this Mm -hmm. offers. And I know everything about Knoxville. This is my hometown. And I thought to myself, wow, wouldn't it just be easier to interview all these people that I just bragged about? and put it in one place so everybody else can know what Knoxville has to offer and who's here and why it's awesome. And that's, that's what it is. Awesome. Love it. What's your favorite thing about podcasting? Um, well, I love it because the other people love it, if that makes any sense. So the people that I interview, I've known all of them at some point in time, politically, business-wise, personally, whatever it is, and asking them questions about themselves and their businesses, things that, first off, I've never asked them before because we've had some kind of other relationship. So me getting, putting the spotlight on them for them is rare. So the more successful you are, honest to God, the more successful you are, the less you're allowed to say. If you've noticed that very like big coaches or relevant, they'll say less and less because they're so afraid to say anything at all because it's the wrong thing. And Mm -hmm. um, being able to give them an opportunity to ask them the right questions to to softball pitch, I guess you could say their strengths and highlight them and watching throughout their podcast, they get excited about sharing their story. It's like, oh, this is how this business got built. Nobody in Knoxville knows that you literally are unattainable. Like you sit on the floor at basketball games. Now you, there's a guard at that section of the basketball game. You leave, you come in and leave through a different entrance and exit. Nobody can get in touch with you. Nobody can walk into your business and, and talk with you or meet you anymore. But to hear you talk about how you started your business was the same way everybody does going around and introducing yourself and being, being available and having them share that growth. And watching them reminisce about day one to today, I don't know. I just love watching them be happy to finally share themselves with people. I think it's important. Happy to have a stage and happy to have a spotlight on them. Yeah, a good one. Yeah, <laughs> not just any, a good one. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's a, it's yeah. so, it's so sweet that you do that for people. Thank that you, you help you. them talk about, talk about their businesses and help promote them. That's, that's awesome. I love it. Yeah. So aside from your companies sponsoring your podcast, nice little text right off there. <laughs> are there any other ways that you go about monetizing your podcast? Not really. Um, we, I mean, we've never really asked anybody to sponsor the podcast. It's a thousand dollars an episode for us to publish it. We have a company that does that for us. Um, mm-hmm. and that's fine. I mean, it, it's, it's a, it's a, it's another way to move that revenue around. Um, but I think that the reason that I get some of my guests is because I didn't do it that way. So for example, Ricky, the steamboat dragon is a retired WWE superstar. He lives here in Knoxville. Uh, the gentleman that built his house is my builder and I sell for him. So I sell for the builder and that's how I got connected with Ricky. Mm-hmm. Um, and he moved back here and he is one, he's the only WWE superstar to survive 
a head drop upside down drop. He was in the hospital for years or years, months, um, had a major spinal cord issue. He's the only one to survive that. They completely cut that move out since. And he's retired. He's much older now. And he probably gets a hundred requests a week. Can you show up to the, to do this? Can you give this? Can you be here? Can you, the guy's retired, you know, he's exhausted. Let him, let him be retired. And when I asked him if he would do the podcast, he was like, you know, I get asked to do this stuff all the time. And all they do is sell it back to the WWE. So they get sponsorship money. And I I was like, I'm not going to do that to you. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do that. I think it's super cool that you live in Knoxville, Tennessee, and that there's so many wrestling fans out there. You know, they don't even know you're here. And I think it's super cool that you're here. Can you please share your story with me? And he was like, okay. And he came on my podcast and there's a thousand people a day. He rejects for that same request because they're looking to monetize on him, not themselves. Mm -hmm. For the monetization of this podcast that I have connect them out the Knox. I really hope that people just, the whole goal is for them to call me for their real estate needs. I service all 50 States. I have partners in all 50 States. I can help you go wherever you need to go. And I think for me, it's more important that the people that I interview know that it's not about me calling the, you know, the NBA and saying, Hey, I've got one of your players on here. Can you get me some money to sponsor this? It's more about knowing that I'm talking about them, their family, their charity, their hopes mm-hmm. and their dreams. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that it's great that you do it that way though. Thank you. All right, Julia, we've reached the end of our interview. If you had to give one piece of advice to any of our listeners, and I'm going to keep you to one sentence. What would it be? Whatever it is that you want to go do or make out of yourself, just go do it. Love it. Beautiful. If anybody's looking to get in contact with you for their real estate needs or for the um, program that you're selling to help them within their real estate business, what is the best way for them to contact you? Great question. We have so many different websites floating around right now for all these different things. So my business website is just homesgroup.com. That's me. If you need to buy, sell, or invest in real estate and then take dash command.com for the coaching company. Uh, you can find all of our links on Linktree. So Linktree backslash the Julia Hurley. And I'm also the Julia Hurley on TikTok and Instagram. Love it. Thank you so much for coming on, Julia. Thank you. Group, if- Thank you. Group, if you're listening and enjoyed, please like and subscribe. If you're a six-figure entrepreneur and would like to come on the show, please visit top100interview.com. Thank you. Hey, everyone. I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.